Millennials are grossly underestimated. Their jobs aren't their whole world. They have options, they have the internet. Job satisfaction and strength of relationships, there ain't no app for that. Education is not a mechanical system, it's a human system. Any kind of work that's on some level predictable, then that's gonna be susceptible to artificial intelligence and, and machine learning. And that job, where you go to a building and you stay there 40 hours, and then you do that again for 40 years and then you retire, that's gone. Technology magnifies our leverage and increases our creativity. Stay hungry, stay foolish. Please wait as your individualized operating system is initiated. This is the Powerful Nonsense Podcast, guiding you through the madness of modern life. This podcast is sponsored by the University of Northampton, the first UK university to be awarded the Ashoka U Changemaker Campus status, in recognition of their commitment to social entrepreneurship. Now, here are your hosts, Wayne Ingram and Jem Yildiz. What's up, Powerful Nonsenses? Hello. We have returned to your ear holes for another rather exciting episode. A good bit, good bit of beer bashing. <laughs> is that a phrase? I think, yeah, it is now. <laughs> they do. When you when you give someone an ear bash, that means you're like nattering on, but in a good way for us, I think. Ear bending. I've heard ear bending. I've never heard of ear bending. That's the same, similar sort of thing. Or maybe it's got the, uh, again, back to our translations and all that stuff. <laughs> different lingos from different locations so if you're here for either an ear bashing or ear bending then you have come to the right place um who are you <laughs> i am wayne ingram i am jem yildiz did you like that yeah it was subtle it was. Nobody, nobody would have even noticed what you did there <laughs> i had to punch you in the arm at the same time <laughs> <laughs> um so this is part two of an interview welcome back Yes. Have you listened to part one is a better question. That is a much better question, even though welcome back is more of a statement than a question. True. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back. Have you listened to part one? (laughs) If not, go back, listen to it, or be a rebel, go number two first. That's like eating your dessert before your dinner. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, I like that. Living on the edge. Yeah, so, yeah, try it, try it, you know, try it different ways. Maybe skip halfway through and just see what happens. <laughs> no, joking. <laughs> Don't skip to the end, though. because then, then you hear us again. Yeah, right, exactly. And that as well. Um, so if you haven't listened to part one of our interview with Carl Whiney, author of Hackiversity, it just rolls off the tongue. Hackiversity. Um, then go back, listen to part one, and then come back and listen to part two. And um, hopefully it will change your life if you're about to be going to university. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm Networking, self-awareness, all kinds of things. If you have already been to university and don't have any plans on going back to university, then just feel a little bit depressed in the fact that you didn't really know all this stuff before you went. <laughs> you probably wish but, you could go back, but, so you could do it again. Even if you're not at university, there are a lot of things in here in terms of networking especially, which can be useful to anybody. Most definitely. And also just uh, kind of planning what you want to do based on people who ad- you admire, really. Hmm. Yeah. 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 Cool. Are we going to... Yeah, so we're going to go. Well, we're not. We're going to come back. But we're going to go now, lead it into part two, and then you'll hear us again. It's the magic of podcasting. It's like time travel, man. It's great. Craziness. If the game is no longer to gather knowledge, gather expertise, and then execute it in the marketplace, if that's no longer the game, 
what do you think the game is now and what what is the place of universities within that game? Yeah. Well, I think that the game is to execute in the marketplace. It's it's about how how can you provide value so that you can execute in the marketplace um, and excel. But the the value that I think a university brings today is is a great question. It's a fundamental question, um, and it's really broken down. I think into two different schools of thought um, when when people approach this question. The first is that they say, well, college is all about learning. People go there to learn, and I think that is complete BS, and the reason why is because if college were really about learning, then why are people not accessing the millions of hours of free content online? You can actually right now uh, download and observe lectures from Harvard professors, from Stanford professors, from MIT professors, all for free right now. You can go online and do that, but you know what? No one wants to do that. Everyone wants a Harvard degree. They all want to pay $100,000 to go to Harvard, but the same content's available for free online. So why? Yeah. So, so how do you reconcile that? And I think the reason that, or how you reconcile that is it illuminates actually the purpose of college in the first place, and that is college isn't about learning. It's about getting a job. And what a college de- degree does is it signals to the marketplace certain things about you. You know, if you graduate from Harvard, that says something about you. It says that you're smart, you're capable, you're driven. That may or may not be true, but that's that's the signal that it generates in the marketplace. And so I think what you do as a result of that is you take you, you use that to your advantage. You say, okay, how can I construct a signal to the marketplace, which is basically, you know, you marketing yourself. And uh, use that to my advantage. Um, you know, if I want to practice law, what are the law schools um, that people find most beneficial? And how can I kind of uh, plug into those law schools as a result of that? Um, so I think that's really the value of universities. It's not necessarily to learn. It's about to signal certain things uh, to employers. And once mm-hmm. you know that, you can use that to drive everything else that you do um, in your college career. As you may know, we're sponsored by a university and we, when we go in to advise them ourselves, we always speak about how important a university is like a brand now. You're, that mm-hmm. university that people go to is like a Nike tick. If you're wearing Nike clothing, people think of you as a sporty person who wants to go after the things they want. And we say that all the time. And I think what you've said in the book literally hits the nail on the head in terms of you are there to maximize your markability. And that's where... First, the brand of the university, which is scary to think that people may have to pay how many thousands of pounds just to get a name underneath their on their CV, which is crazy. But unfortunately, like you say, that is the signal that the market's looking for. But then on the other side of it, for people who think, well, if I can't get that name, then you've got internships. And I know, okay, if I went and did my degree at who knows what university, but I, it didn't have that brand name underneath it. But then I still and then I went to, say, the BBC and got a internship straight away that signal is going to help me get into television or film and i think that's what people need to kind of think about and i don't know if you've heard of the book um uh key person of influence by daniel Priestley, but it's around this idea that we have to become better at becoming signals ourselves we have to do internships we have to get these brands we have to get these names like the fact that i'm pretty sure well you write in this book hackaversity in itself and the people now you've got related to because i mean i found you through seth godin so instantly that was a signal of credibility straight away from me because i've read seth godin's books for the last how many years and so i think 
again you're showing that and what you're doing but I just think there's such a key point that a lot of people are not looking at they're looking at that result the degree but actually not looking at all these sort of trinkets or signals of success that actually really matter to the market Mm, yeah I think what you just said is is a great tactical takeaway for students out there looking to play the college game differently And, and what you said is you know, um, it's it's kind of alarming to think about paying hundreds of thousands of pounds or dollars for a university education, and sometimes that makes sense. Like I said, you know, if if you're going to an elite to, uh, elite institution, if you're going to to Cambridge or you know London School of Economics or something like that, maybe that makes sense. Uh, but like you said, you can also signal to the marketplace through the the raw talents and abilities you have. And mm-hmm. again, you can do that through internships. You can do that through practical skills. You can do that through podcasting. You know, there, there's so many ways to signal competency and a skill set to the marketplace that does not necessarily require spending hundreds of thousands of dollars anymore, hundreds of thousands of pounds. And I, I think that's what's great about this kind of new economy that we live in. But again, it takes thinking about approaching college in a different way. For sure. Um, another, uh, I want to jump onto another point you make in the book, which is all about the mega trends, which I think is a massive important thing for people to kind of start thinking about, um, especially because, as you say, the economy is changing massively. It would be great to kind of open up that can of worms and why that, why you think that's so important for students. Yeah, uh, that, that, uh, I, I love the mega trend section, so thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> I, th- I think what a lot of college students do right now is they say, well, I'll just go and I will do something, uh, I'll major in something that I, that I like, that I find interesting, um, and we'll just see where that takes me. And what I found through my college experience, and you know, I think after just being in the job market now as long as I have, that there are a few industries that basically just dominate the economy. And they employ a far majority of all the people. That's where a far majority of all the opportunities are. And when I went to college, I didn't think that was true. I thought it was more of an equal distribution across the board. So like I said, my approach was I'll just pursue something that I kind of genuinely like to do and there's equal opportunity everywhere. And that's just not true. And so what I wanted to do was show students where are the oversized opportunities in the job market right now Mm. and how can you identify them, right? And so that's what I've laid out in my book. Um, I think college does, it at least tries to do a job at preparing students for the job market, but it doesn't do a great job at all of positioning them in the job market during you know the current economic climate into which they're graduating. So I want to give college students an outlook as to where things are in the economy and where they're heading and how they can thrive as a result of that. And so um, you know I just I think it's silly that you know people major in like you know basket weaving that. That's not really a, a major, but you know, it's like <laughs> silly majors like that, right? And yeah. you're like, no one wants to hire anyone that that majors in basket weaving. So why would you major in that? <laughs> it's just, it's insane. And so I, I wanted to show students where the industries are that have all the opportunity mm. um, and how they can, like I said, navigate into uh, into those industries. 
And my career is an exact sort of example of that happening because I initially went doing my media production course thinking, yes, obviously I'm going to go into film and television and go outside and then start going on job built boards. And you're like, well, there's no actual jobs for these things. And then suddenly I kept seeing this whole digital content producer or digital marketer. And when I started to look at the actual skill sets required, it was, oh, you need to take photos, you need to be able to create videos, you need to create graphics. And I was like, wait a minute. There's this whole market that every single day desperate for people. Yeah, I want to go and film and television. And so I thought, wait a minute, maybe if I just pivot and change the way I'm marketing myself and can see that there's this huge trend in companies knowing that digital marketing, social media marketing is something taken off. And then I jumped on top of that and it kind of snowballed from there. And suddenly I was in a market where there were so many jobs available and I just so happened to have all the skills they needed. So that was an exact example of what you're saying there is being aware of what those mega trends are and finding a way of how your course fits into that. And I think as well nowadays, even you could even joke around about this whole um, wicker basket making, but if you do that and then you suddenly jump on and realize that people are selling stuff on Etsy and that is their careers and suddenly there's a huge market trend in wicker baskets, custom made wicker baskets, then suddenly you've gone and made yourself a whole load of money because you were the one that realized that's where the market is. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, look, I love me a good basket, right? <laughs> but all I'm saying is if you want to sell baskets, if you want to make baskets, that's awesome. But you don't need to go to college and spend $100,000 to do it. Like, Just stay at home and make baskets and sell them on Etsy. Yeah. <laughs> not yeah, knocking i'm not knocking basket weaving i'm just knocking basket if we get, weaving if we get any grief from any like weaving basket companies we're gonna send it the complaints over to you kyle all right i'll field all of them and <laughs> <laughs> um, kyle one thing that i think obviously when i found you was through seth godin which i thought was incredible and even when i when i wanted to speak to you the first thing which you obviously speak about in the book how important this networking in it networking is and you also um, mentioned i think the phrase you used was connect with the connector like mm. i want to know how the hell you've done that and how you've what sort of yeah how the hell do you get in front of someone like seth godin or seth godin <laughs> to put a link to you in a blog that's just incredible um well, first of all, I, I am incredibly grateful for Seth. Um, I have read so many of his books. I've followed him for a long time. And the mere fact that he would um, write me a two-sentence blurb from my book is incredibly humbling. And then even on top of that, he went to the extent of acknowledging me in one of his uh, blog posts. So um, Seth is the man, um, and I'm just incredibly grateful for that. But here's how I did it. So I know this is going to sound kind of... Um, not sexy, but it's true. And I just reached out to him. Um, it was really that simple. Um, you know, he, uh, a lot of these influencers, including Seth have, uh, public emails and uh, it's kind of surprising that they do, but, um, you know, you just kind of do a little poking around on the internet and finding their email address is actually often relatively simple. And, uh, so I just reached out to Seth and I said, Seth, look, you know, uh, my name's Kyle. I love your work. Um, here's kind of what I'm doing. And I would love to have your support. And uh, I gave him some reasons why. And every here's a great takeaway for folks. Every time I reached out to an influencer, the answer was always the same. It was always no. No, Kyle, I will not write you a forward. No, Kyle, I will not write you a blurb. No, Kyle, I will not tweet out um, your book released to my audience. It was always no. They always say no. But what I did was I said, okay, well, if you won't write a forward to my book, 
will you write me a two seconds blurb or a two sentence blurb? Um, and if they said no to that, then I would keep going down the list. Okay, well, what would you tweet out to your audience? It's just it's a matter of running through the no's. And on average, I had to be told about, you know, no about three times uh, before they actually said yes. And so, you know, that that's how it was. Um, but I think the, the thing that really hooked uh, Seth in was that I advise a startup company. It's called Donor C. Um, and what that company does is basically like Uber for charities. So it, it matches, um, people in the third world with, um, donors in the first world and and matches them together without the bureaucracy and the overhead of large institutions like the Red Cross. And so one of my buddies, his name is Greg Glyer, founded that, um, and Seth is a contributor, uh, contributor to donor C. And so when I reached out to, to Seth, I actually told him about the contest that I'm launching here coming up, uh, which benefits Donor C. And he's like, oh, I recognize Donor C. And I know Gret. He's a great guy. Um, I'd love to kind of support what what you guys are doing. And thanks for supporting Gret. Here's a two-sentence blurb. Um, So there you go. So you sort of created a signal and a relatable like field. Oh, we know the same person. So his signal was, oh, you know Greg and I know Donor C. So we're on the same page here. I'll do you a favor. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, uh, but again, it, it was about reaching out, right? I think, yeah. I think that's the biggest key is, uh, just grind, um, do some research. Um, again, you, you, it takes two minutes, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find it. You can find his email in literally two minutes. Um, I've emailed him before, but that was like, years yeah. ago. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. So, but yeah, maybe I'll is... maybe I'll be like, hey, you know Cal, who knows Donor C, who also knows Greg. <laughs> well, he was on my podcast, and you know you mentioned him in the vlog. Maybe you want to link to that podcast as well. Just <laughs> oh, no, it won't be that cheesy. Just be as be as tenuous as you can. <laughs> yeah, I just yeah. I just Photoshop me and your face together, Cal. Nice, nice. I love it. Well, dude, you're gonna put me to shame, man. You're gonna put me to shame. So you know, <laughs> you got the money maker. I'm just uh, I'm just uh, I don't know. An American. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess it just ultimately reinforces pretty much what we what we said at the beginning of the conversation, which is the old adage that it's not what you know, but who you know is actually very, very true. And it's one thing that I've really come to accept in the last 12 months of my own career, that actually you can be as talented and as knowledgeable in your field as you want. But if, you're, if your network... Uh, you know, your network is your net worth and all that. If your network's not strong, ultimately you're going to come up with much more difficulties because let's be honest, had you reached out to Seth and probably hadn't made that connection, you probably would have got the same response you got from so many other influencers as well. But only because that piqued his interest, because he knows people that you know, that therefore it it kind of gives an automatic trust level there. Yeah, yeah, it did. Um, and also I made it really easy for him to consume my content. So rather than just Mm -hmm. dumping an entire manuscript on him, I said, Seth, here is a one chapter kind of snippet of my book and it'll take you three minutes to read. Um, and so again, I made it really digestible for him. And then he's like, Oh, Kyle, this is actually really good. Can you send me over the full manuscript? And so I did, but I didn't lead with the full manuscript, right? I wanted to make it as approachable and as digestible for him as possible. Mm. So what would you say then to um to people that have they've they've got this far 
they've gone through the university system, they've gone through the college system, they're now out in the employment world, and they've mm. gone, oh crap, I've played the whole game completely wrong, I don't know anyone, I've got this degree, what mm. would be like your, what would you do in that situation? Get nimble, get nimble, and uh, try to re- try to pivot yourself back on, on track, and I think the the way you do that um, is if you have a ton of student loans, um, they need paid off ASAP. I know that there's a, a lot of different schools of thought when it comes to debt, um, particularly student loans and kind of how you pay them off and when you pay them off. Um, I am absolutely convinced that debt crushes um, nimbleness. It crushes flexibility. It crushes the ability to take risks. And all those things that I just mentioned are absolutely critical for success in the new economy. And so I would, again, get flexible, get nimble, um, minimize your, your debt load, um, and then start taking risks in the, in the job market. Luckily, our, uh, our student loan system's a little less harsh than <laughs> the American one. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, people yeah. in this country think they've got it bad, but then they <laughs> until they look at the American uh, student loan situation, uh, it well, is pretty tough for you guys. Yeah, I mean, like one of my friends I, I graduated from law school with her, she has three hundred fifty thousand dollars worth of student loans, and um, the, the job that she uh, got out of law school, she was making fifty five thousand dollars. And I mean, I guess fifty five thousand dollars isn't necessarily that bad of a salary, but you know, it, when you have $350,000 of debt, it's an awful salary, right? Yeah. So, um, but she's not, a, she's not an anomaly. I have a lot of friends like that and it, it crushes people. So, um, yeah, that, get yeah, nimble. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say that's a good point. Like what you're saying, the whole the psychology of it. And I can imagine it's when you're all you're worrying about is whether you can pay back your money. That literally is going to handicap you because you are going to feel like that's it. Your your only worry is paying back, and you can't get creative. It literally switches that off because you are in that sort of panic mode. Yep, that's exactly right. Um, so we we're going to have to let you go in a minute because we are very very busy, man. Uh, but um, when we when we have guests on, uh, we ask two questions to each guest that we have. <laughs> Um, the show is called Powerful Nonsense. So the two questions that we ask are, uh, number one, what's the most powerful piece of advice you've ever been given? Mm. And number two, what's the biggest load of nonsense you've ever heard? Mm. You can do them in whichever order you like, obviously. Whichever okay. Um, let me tackle the first one. So the, the best <clears throat> piece of advice I ever got, I think um, – was from uh, my one of my mentors that I have. He uh, founded the MIT Entrepreneurial Review, and uh, he told me to quote, "Just get in the game," and um, that's basically code for if you want to do something, just start. Right? You stop philosophizing. Stop strategizing. Stop. Just just start and uh, roll up your sleeves. And, and dig in and you'll figure it out and uh, keep pivoting, um, keep experimenting um, and, until you get it right, but just start. And uh, I think that was really key in the success of Hackiversity so far. Um, you know, the manuscript that I first fired off to my copy editor and to some of my friends to proofread uh, was not that great. Um, mm. But again, it was about getting myself out there, starting and uh, getting feedback from that. So just get in the game. Get in the game. I, I can't emphasize that enough. Yeah, because I, um, I think we get so um, so caught up in 
in the fear of of the failure that I think sometimes mm-hmm. we we actually can, it can be years before we execute on an idea that that we have. Yeah, totally true. Um, learn how to fail well, exactly, and don't let don't let failure hold you back. You're going to fail. All the greats do. Just push through it. Start running through walls. Um, yeah, I think that's great advice. Mm-hmm. Um, and the second was, uh, what kind of nonsense? What's the biggest load of nonsense you've ever heard? Nonsense in a kind of endearing way or in a, like, this is complete garbage kind of way? In a, it, this is complete bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> cool. I like that. Um, that's you, that everyone needs to go to college in order to be a success. Um, I think mm-hmm. that the, the idea that you need, uh, a four-year education and to pay $100,000 or 100,000 pounds, whatever it is, uh, to quote-unquote be educated or to quote-unquote be a success is absolute nonsense. Um, And and if you revisit that point, if you you take a deeper look at it, I think you can use college to to your advantage um, if you decide to play the game. But again, as we've talked about this whole podcast, you have to know what you're doing inside that arena. Um, And if you do, it can be an incredibly powerful instrument. Um, But this cookie cutter approach to uh, life in general and college in particular, I think is, is absolute nonsense. Yeah, I think that's great, and and very much kind of the ethos of of what we talk about here. So, mm-hmm. so that was great. Thank you. Um, so, if people want to get in touch with you or look at your stuff, where's the best place that they can find you, Carl? Sure, they can find me on uh, kylewiney.com or hackiversity.com. They can uh, reach out to me on Twitter. It's at uh, kylewiney. Um, I'm all over um, social media, so. Pretty easy guy to get in touch with. Uh, just reach out to me, and I'd, I'd be happy to uh, answer any kind of questions people have about college. Heck, I just had some guy from Hong Kong reach out to me last night, and the oh, day wow. before, I had someone from from India. Um, so I love chatting with people, no matter where they are in the world, about uh, how they can achieve their dreams and uh, just everything kind of college and, and life success related. So please reach out to me, and I'd, I'd be happy to connect with anyone. Nice. We'll certainly be uh, showing the students at the university because we go to Northampton University quite often. So we'll definitely be telling them to get this book for sure and add it to their list to read well, because I, I think it's great. And I wish I had had this as I started university. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, cool. Well, guys, thanks for having me on. It's been a lot of fun. It's been great. Thank you so thank much. You so again, much. we know you're really busy, so thank you again for 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 your time and uh, for giving the advice. And we'll we'll link to the book and everything on the show notes. And uh, yeah. So thanks very much, Carl. You guys are awesome. Thanks. Take care. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye. And as if by magic, we're back again. Here we are. For an outro. That was wondrous. That was really good. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, I like that bit. Number two. Part two. (laughs) Part (laughs) duh. But icky. Turkish. (laughs) Part dos. Uh... uh, (laughs) Duh. Oh, you done that already? Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's the German one? Zwei. That's the one. Zwei. And did you know any others? Uh, no, that's it. I'm done. Spent. Done. Yeah, yeah that's it. So, outro time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, we hope you enjoyed part two and or part one um, of our interview with Carl Weiner, in case you missed that. I've said it about three or four times over the last few episodes. If you did miss that, then you weren't listening very well. So Get on it. Yeah. 
listen harder, basically. Be better. Um, <laughs> it's the whole point of our podcast. That's yeah, what we're basically. trying to say. Just, just, you suck. Just do you, but better. Yeah. <laughs> um, God, what are we on today? I don't it know. is Sunday. It is a Sunday. I have had caffeine. I have also had caffeine just before you arrived. Did you? I did. Straight to the vein. <laughs> yes, actually. <laughs> Drip in the eye. Just pouring tea into his eye. <laughs> so he gets into the bloodstream quicker. <laughs> to be honest, he's got like a his little metal apparatus he brings around with him. It's like a drip, but just pure. Pure tea. Pure tea. <laughs> pure Tetley's. Tetley's? Oh, what are you, Yorkshire that, man? Yeah, I'm a Yorkshire tea man. Oh, fair enough. Tetley's. Tetley's is like... Is that not the one? I, I will. I will neither confirm no. nor deny whether or not Tetley is we the can, worst. Uh, <laughs> don't get us into trouble. <laughs> I mean, all those Tetley's employees who are listening in. Yeah, right. Sorry about that. Sorry, sorry. Uh, but anyway, this has absolutely nothing to do with Kyle Whiney or Hackiversity or powerful nonsense for that matter. Book available on Amazon. It is. Check it out. Check it out. Google, go, no, Google Amazon it. it. Amazon it. Obviously, if why you want to Google it, why not? But I some suppose. people naturally Google it, don't they? That's true. And then they go to Amazon through Google. Exactly. But yeah, hop on the old interwebs, mm-hmm. the uh, information highway. Tweet us, tell us what you learned. Yeah. Or tweet Kyle, say hello. Yeah. Nice of him to come on the podcast anyway, it wasn't was. it? So thank you. Thank you, Kyle, for your time. Very much appreciate it. Um, so I hope you learned a lot from those. And uh, if you did, please purchase this book. And also leave us a review on the old iTunes. Uh, I think it's changed a lot. So we need probably need to update our powerfulnosser.com. We're so behind. Because they've updated everything. Um, so we probably need to update that. But check it out there anyway, powerfulnonsense.com forward slash review. Might give you at least some pointers in the right direction. Um, five stars or more would be greatly appreciated. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go have another shot of caffeine. Straight to the Straight eye. Straight to the vein. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll catch you next time. Yeah. Have we got an interview coming up next? I don't think we do. No. I think it's just going to be us for 30 minutes straight. Bloody hell. <laughs> I'll make sure to have the caffeine at the ready. Um, yeah, so I've, I've kind of already said my son offline, but you decide to carry on, so... So, do I have to say bye then? Uh, yeah, now I'm handing it over to you. See, you. See you later, people. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I feel like, you know the end of those children's programmes where they just constantly wave? <laughs> and, and then, like, bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye, everybody. And then, bye like, bye. the credits come down and you just carry on waving so right now we're just we're just, we're just, we're just waving at we're you we're going to do an audio wave right until now. you decide that actually this is enough switch yeah. it off okay and then here comes our outro we're still waving <laughs>